0: coming up on Better Place Project. So I really wanted to do a deeper dive on his teachings, and I'm about halfway through this course. And one of the things they tell you to do is each night keep a journal and take a couple of minutes to simply write at the top of the journal the magic I witnessed today and write down a few things that happened that day that were magical. And... This can be so powerful to end the day focusing on the beautiful and unexpected that occurred in your life. So much of what happens in our lives truly is magical. We just need to notice it and it can change our life. Make the world a better place. Make the world Hey, hey, I'm Steve Norris, welcome to Better Place Project, where each week we shine a light on amazing humans from every corner of the planet who are doing extraordinary things to help make the world a better place, including sharing their knowledge with us on how we can be living healthier, happier, more purposeful lives. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 155, The Ebb and Flow of Seasons with their distinct characteristics and atmospheric shifts, have a profound impact on the human psyche. As the world transitions from one season to another, many individuals, including me right now, experience shifts in mood. And for some, it can even manifest as seasonal affective disorder or SAD. Yes, that actually exists and it is a seasonal depression, so to speak. And understanding the relationship between seasonal changes and mood is essential in developing strategies to alleviate its effect and promote well-being. Seasonal variations influence our biological clock, hormonal balance, and neurotransmitter activity, which can directly affect our mood. The reduction in daylight hours during winter, for instance, disrupts the natural production of serotonin, a neurotransmitter associated with mood regulation. This disruption can lead to feelings of lethargy, sadness, and a general decrease in overall well-being. And that is what I have felt over the last five or six weeks here in California. Now, additionally, the changing seasons can influence our daily routines and activities, The decrease in outdoor time during winter, for example, coupled with colder temperatures may limit physical exercise and social interaction. These factors contribute to a sense of isolation, further exacerbating mood changes. So some people may start to feel down when the days get shorter in the fall and in the winter. We all know about the winter blues and we normally begin to feel better in the spring with longer daylight hours. Now, I've been going through a bit of a funk for about five or six weeks, as I mentioned, and it finally occurred to me what I think it is, the weather and the changing of the seasons. Now, I know some of you are thinking, Steve, you live in Southern California, you don't even have seasons, quit your moaning. But we do. You see, here in California, this time of year, we have a phenomenon known as June gloom. And over the few decades since I've moved to California, it's progressed into May as well. So, for example, this year, starting around May 1st, we've had a whole month of what we call May Gray. And then in June, we're now halfway through June now, and it's been June gloom for the entire month of June so far as well. So in essence, five straight months of cloudy gray skies, which is a marine layer. So essentially what happens is when the air near the ocean surface is cooler than the air above it, it creates an inversion that traps the cooler air and it forms this marine layer or clouds across the entire coastline. And We've had a crappy winter already, just cool, rainy winter here in Southern California, and the temperatures have been lower, uh, below average most of the year, but cloudy more than I've ever experienced in my decades here in California. And it's depressing. It's every stinking day, cloudy skies. And it finally hit me since about May 1st is when I've kind of been in a funk that's affected my mood and i found myself just just kind of not optimistic and positive like i normally am not springing out of bed in the morning not just just lacking energy and i haven't really been able to put my finger on why i am in a funk and i think that's what it is these crazy seasons and that begs the question why do we even have seasons on this planet in the first place A couple weeks back, I was watching an amazing documentary on Netflix titled Our Universe. I highly recommend this documentary. It's narrated by Morgan Freeman. You can't go wrong with Morgan Freeman. And they talk about this very thing. And one of the things that makes our planet so unique is that it's tilted on its side about 23 degrees. So as it moves through space at different times of the year different parts of the planet lean towards the sun which brings us our seasons. So if the earth were perfectly upright spinning like a top would barely have change of temperature throughout the year or no season changes at all. But you know and you, and you might ask how did this even happen? Well, they explain in this documentary, and I've done some research as well and Wikipedia also says about the same time or about about the same thing that many many years ago about four point5 billion years ago, when the Earth was young, it was thought that something big hit the earth and knocked it off kilter so instead of rotating with this axis straight up and down like I mentioned, it leans over on a tilt. So, by the way, the thing that hit the earth is called Theia. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. T-H-E-I-A. And apparently the pieces that hit the earth, other pieces splattered and also formed the moon. So apparently that's what's basically created the moon and the earth. So pretty stinking cool when you think about it. So the documentary series has different episodes which highlight how the seasons affect different species here on Earth. One episode, for example, is on the Alaskan brown bear. They have one on uh, the green sea turtle. One's on elephants and how all these creatures are connected to the cosmos. It's fascinating stuff. And in the bear episode, they talk about the nerve endings in the bear's skin when he's hibernating or she's hibernating, a mother is, you know, crawls into a cave for four, five, six months during the winter. Well, as spring approaches, the nerve endings in the bear's skin detect the warmth of the sun and the days start getting longer and specialized cells in the back of her eye sense the tiny increases in light levels. And these messages from our nearest star, the sun, tell the bear it's time to wake up from her hibernation. So I got to thinking, surely if bears go through all these changes, we humans must go through some as well. And I found myself wishing that they had an episode specifically on humans. So being the curious nerd that I am, I went down a rabbit hole of research on the season's effect on humanity. And some things that we've all heard about, for example, most of you I'm sure heard that uh, did you know that we have more sex In the summertime, some studies claim July, some claim August. But in the summertime, we are just more active, we feel more sexual, and so we have more sex in the summertime. And have you ever noticed how we tend to crave heartier, big meals in the wintertime? Well, it takes more calories to keep us warm, so we tend to crave more carbs in the wintertime as well. And according to Psychology Today... We've long recognized that animals often show strong seasonal rhythms in their behaviors linked to external factors like the length of day or the ambient temperature. Hormone levels often fluctuate with the seasons and behaviors like nesting or building of a den or bird migrations, food storage, peak and ebb and whatnot across the year. And to no surprise, I did find articles about psychologists wondering about the effect of the changing of the seasons on the human minds and bodies, and some seasonal rhythms in some human physiological functions have been noted. For example, there is evidence for seasonal rhythms in blood pressure, cholesterol levels, the number of calories consumed, and even a seasonal fluctuation in birth rate. There is, however, long-standing disagreement about whether humans show, or at least whether all humans show, consistent seasonal variations in more complex behaviors. Now, seasonal rhythms operate across a relatively long period of time. Other rhythms fluctuate fairly quickly, peaking and ebbing away across a period of only 24 hours. These rhythms, as we know, are called circadian rhythms, from the Latin circa diem, meaning about a day. The tendency to be active during daylight hours and to sleep when it's dark is a circadian rhythm. And there are slower infradian rhythms that fluctuate over a longer period than just one day, like, for example, menstruation, or faster ultradian rhythms that vary several times during a 24 hour period, like the rhythm between slow wave sleep, which is non dreaming, and dreaming sleep, which is REM sleep. So, um, And these cycles, which are generally about 90 minutes during the night. So annual and circadian rhythms are tied to the amount of sunlight available and in turn are monitored by a region of the hypothalamus called the suprachiasmatic nucleus, or SCN. Cells in the SCN get direct input from the retina via the optic nerve about the amount of light available in the world around us. In turn, the SCN then serves as the master timekeeper or pacemaker for circadian and seasonal rhythms in our bodies and our minds. As the sunlit day fades into darkness, the SCN signals the pineal gland to release a hormone called melatonin, which a lot of us take that in and get it at your local drugstore. And that begins the shift of the brain from wakefulness to sleep. The return of the light at the break of day signals the end of melatonin secretion and the beginning of wakefulness. So there was a Belgian study several years ago, where researchers measured brain function in 28 Belgian adults during all four seasons of the year. And in an interview with the Huffington Post, Dr. Gilles Vandevall, a neuroscientist at the University of Liège and the study's lead author, said, "'Mood and immunity are well known to change with seasons in humans, and there are indications that several brain aspects could also be seasonal.'" The test scores, by the way, did not change at different times of the year. However, the neural cost of that performance differed. In the summer, brain activity peaked on the attention tasks, and during the winter, they used significantly less brain activity involved in attention. On the memory task, brain activity peaked in autumn and hit a low in the spring. So this might be a part of the reason why I'm feeling this kind of funk here in the spring, but we'll talk more about that in a second. So the brain is more active in the summer when attention tasks are being performed, whereas in the fall, memory recall uses more brain activity. So what does this suggest? It's possible that the brain adapts its level of efficiency to the time of year. So that explains, or at least partially explains, why I've been in a fog. And many experience more depression during winter months. And as I mentioned There's a disorder called seasonal affective disorder, SAD, which reportedly affects approximately 10 million adults in the United States alone. A 2001 study published in the Journal Archives of General Psychiatry found that people suffering from SAD secreted the hormone melatonin for longer periods during winter nights than during summer nights, a fluctuation also seen among mammals whose behavior varies seasonally. Normally, human production of melatonin, which regulates sleep and is called the hormone of darkness, does not vary with the seasons, says Life Science. So, what can we do about all this? Like I said, I have hardly seen the sunshine in six weeks, and that clearly has a major effect on me. I need sunshine and I thrive it. So, and it's like I said, put me into this funk. So again, I've done a little more research on how do we come out of a seasonal funk and I'm going to share some of those with you that hopefully will be of value to you. Number one, get some vitamin D. And believe it or not, we can still get vitamin D on a cloudy day. It just means you need to get out and get a walk. And if it's still cold where you live, in fact, if you're listening from Australia or New Zealand, you're in the Southern hemisphere, you're coming into winter. So sorry, guys, you're now coming into what we're finally uh, have just come out of or are coming out of here in Southern California. So, but even in the wintertime, you just need to get outside, even if it's cold, and spend 15 minutes with no sunscreen on your face or your hands, and if it's if it's warm enough, uh, maybe on your arms as well, and that's all you need to get the vitamin D that you need. We often hear about the risk of getting too much sun. Now, while it's true that sunburns and skin cancer are very real threats and that SPF is essential, there's also positive effects of sun exposure. The sun is much more than its potential pitfalls and can do plenty of good things for your body. So soaking up some sunlight can do wonders for your mind, your bones, and more. When you give your skin access to a healthy dose of the sun's rays, you are likely to experience some tangible benefits immediately. And here are the five ways the sun can affect your mental and physical health. As I mentioned, get that vitamin D. Number two it can improve your mood. We've all talked about turn on that sunny disposition while there's something to it. Get out in that sun and it increases your serotonin, helps you stave off sad, and sun exposure can also help people with anxiety and depression, especially in combination with other treatments. It can lead to higher quality sleep. The serotonin that I just mentioned does more than boost your mood. It might also help you get more restful sleep at night. Working in tandem with serotonin is melatonin, as we talked about, and melatonin lulls you into a slumber and the sun helps your body produce it. So if you're suffering from insomnia, try to stick to traditionally light and dark cycles, getting sunlight during the day so you can catch some Zs at night. Stronger bones, as I mentioned, low vitamin D has been linked to diseases like osteoporosis and rickets, and one of the most specific benefits of vitamin D is earning stronger bones and teeth. So get your vitamin D. And while calcium intake is also crucial for bone health, getting enough sun helps your body absorb that calcium. Another benefit, low blood pressure. When sunlight hits your skin, your body releases nitric oxide into your blood. And this compound brings down blood pressure and improves your heart health. So maintaining healthy blood pressure can reduce your risk of cardiac disease and stroke. So yet another reason. Um, and it's fun. It's just fun to be outside. So get out and enjoy yourself. And, and there's other research out there that shows that a drop in serotonin, also called the happiness neurotransmitter in the body, may play a role in our moods and with other people experiencing sad. Other things that we can be doing to get ourselves out of a funk Anything that brings you joy, read a good book, put on your favorite band, go get a massage, spend some time with your family, engaging in regular physical exercise, even in indoor settings is crucial for combating mood changes associated with seasonal transitions. So get out, release those endorphins, boost energy levels, and you'll promote a sense of accomplishment and well-being. Another one that we talk about on this show constantly, but it's so important, guys, mindfulness and self-care. Practicing mindfulness techniques such as meditation, breath work, breathing exercises can help manage stress and enhance emotional resilience. So try it if you have not done it. And this is my favorite. Learn a new skill, take a class, or take up a new hobby. I have recently just taken up surfing. And through this last six weeks where I've been in this funk five or six weeks, surfing has been my, oh my gosh, it's been my savior. I, no matter how low I'm feeling when I'm walking to the beach with my surfboard, when I'm walking back, I'm on a cloud. So and I absolutely, well, a month and a half ago, I absolutely sucked at it, but I was determined to not suck. So every time I go, I'm getting a little bit better, a little bit better. And now I'm actually catching waves and having a blast. So take a, take a class, take up a new hobby, try something you've always wanted to try. And I'm just having a blast. And it has been, like I said, saving grace for me, even being out there surfing in this cloudy, crappy weather. I'm having a ball. So imagine how I'm going to feel when I'm out there surfing, when the sun actually comes out this summer. And I also want to point out, if you do find yourself getting down and none of the things I'm talking about here are working, don't be afraid to seek help. It is essential to reach out for support when you're experiencing major mood changes or symptoms of depression, especially if they go on for a prolonged period of time. So don't be afraid to get help. So in conclusion, recognizing the impact of seasonal changes on mood is the first step towards developing effective strategies for coping with seasonal mood changes and preventing seasonal depression. So by incorporating some of these things, even light therapy, outdoor exposure, physical activity, mindfulness practices, learning a new skill or hobby and seeking support when needed, we can navigate the challenging seasons with resilience and prioritize our mental well-being. Remember, the seasons may change, but with the right strategies in place, our ability to adapt and flourish remains constant. Lastly, I'm about halfway through an online Mind Valley course on Jose Silva's teaching. I read his book last year, it's called The Jose Silva Mind Control Method. And it blew me away. I highly recommend this book, you guys. So I really wanted to do a deeper dive on his teachings. And I'm about halfway through this course. And one of the things they tell you to do is each night, keep a journal and take a couple of minutes to simply write at the top of the journal, the magic I witnessed today. And write down a few things that happened that day that were magical and This can be so powerful to end the day focusing on the beautiful and unexpected that occurred in your life. So much of what happens in our lives truly is magical. We just need to notice it and it can change our life. In closing, I'll share with you one of my favorite Gandhi quotes. Learn as if you will live forever. Live like you will die tomorrow. Special thanks to our producer, Noah Existe, and editor, Joe Tempoco. Our music was written and performed by Algien Importante. Thank you so much for listening. If this podcast brightened your day in any way, please share it with a friend who you think it might resonate with. Subscribe and leave us a rating and review, as that is the single best way to help the show and get the word out to more good humans. For behind-the-scenes info, please visit our website at BetterPlaceProject.org, where you can even click on the microphone in the lower right-hand corner and leave us a message or just stop by to say hi. And you can follow us on Instagram at BetterPlaceProj, and you'll find me at Instagram at SteveNorrisOfficial. Look for small ways to be kind this week, and that will help make the world a better place. Make the world a better place. Make the world a Well